everybody. Welcome back into Talk Off. It is Friday, June 30th, and the smog slash fire from Canada is back. It has returned. It is back. It is so back. The AQI, the air quality index sucks. The world is ending. My lungs feel like they're going to pop. And nothing is ever good. Literally, nothing that, is ever good. That is the truest statement ever. Nothing is ever. Nothing good. is good ever. I texted both of you last night, and I am on the side of Dawes now that nothing is ever fucking good. The Red Sox, nothing is ever good. Life, nothing is ever good. Especially the Red Sox, nothing is ever good. Please tell me. Please. I'm so mad we didn't podcast yesterday because if we actually, I'm happy because if we did, then I would have been really hot. I was heated last night. Brian Bale, no hitter into the eighth inning. The Red Sox lose two to nothing. How does this happen? How? Yeah, How? it's uh, the Red Sox had it going last they night. They stink. And let's not uh, let's address the elephant in the room too, because Zach and I were dead wrong when we said like we don't know if there's going to be a, another perfect game, let alone a no hitter for a little while. I feel like we sound really stupid now. Well, I mean, it's a fair assessment. It was. The, the, the sad thing about it is that it literally happened like two days. After. It wasn't like we had just said yeah. that we'll probably never see one for like 50 years and two days later. Yeah, I just thought it would take a little longer for pitchers to get acclimated to the pitch clock. Because, I don't know, like, when you when you watch a lot of the, the older, like, especially, like, Felix Hernandez's perfect game or Matt Cain's perfect game, like, he took a lot of time in between pitches mm-hmm. to just kind of, especially in the ninth, to, like, set, yeah. reset when himself. Like, when you're at, like, 110, you have to. Yeah. You can't just, like, get it and go. It's hard as shit. But, I mean, Herman did it. I don't know how. Yeah, Herman did it, and he did it on a fairly low pitch count, right? Yeah. He also did it against the AAA team. Yeah, I was going to let, – let's, like – I mean, for everyone who's saying the A's were dog shit, they are. And I'll bet you a lot of AAA teams, including the Oklahoma City Dodgers, which always seems like they're the best AAA team, could probably beat this team. But Herman uh, did it. You perfect know? game's perfect, perfect game. Perfect game's perfect game. It's the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. Uh, it was awesome. I don't get the game because YouTube TV doesn't uh, have Yes Network, and I no longer have a cable package because I have YouTube TV. So I had to listen to the game on the radio. How that? How that go? It was actually it, it was actually something that I appreciated a lot more. I've done it before on like drives. I've listened to the Red Sox it's on pretty, radio. No, it's I listen. I, no, I listen to the Mets on the radio all the time. It was just like for a moment like that, I would have liked to have been watching it, <laughs> yeah. but. It was actually pretty cool because you just like they paint a very vivid picture of the game. So they do it's a good job. They do a good job. You have to get the right radio guy. Like right. Some, some of them are like just bland and just telling you what's going on. But then there's other guys that are very good and they paint a word picture if you must. Yeah, no, they do. Absolutely. So um Domingo Herman. Perfect game. Probably one of the last people I would have expected to have a perfect game. But perfect games, like... Sometimes it is the most random Sometimes people. it is the most random people. And and so, it, like, it, I was thinking about this, too. Like, so 24 in Major League history, right? In yep. Major League Baseball history. Yep. How many more do you think we see in our lifetime? Because there's a pos- like there's a very good possibility. There's only been 24 ever. There's a very good possibility we, we see zero. Yeah, we see zero. Yeah. 
let's look at the list. There was a there is one guy, and I don't remember his name, but I read like an article about him a few years ago. You ever hear about the guy who's been to like he's been to one perfect game and he's yes. been to like a million no hitters. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. And yes. it's not even just major league no hitters. He's been to like minor league no hitters. Mm-hmm. He's been to perfect games in the minor league. I, I'm pretty sure he was there when someone hit the home run cycle. Like guy has just seen it all. Must feel so cool. Dallas Braden pitched a perfect, perfect game, game on Mother's Day. Yes, that was the Mother's Day one. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. So perfect games are sick, and actually, oh, this is this is a good one. This 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 would be this would be a uh, a good trivia. Is the Coliseum like how many perfect games have been thrown in multiple stadiums? Because the Coliseum definitely has at least two with Braden and now Herman. That might be the only stadium with multiple perfect Yankee games. Sta- Yankee Stadium might. OG Yankee Stadium. Old Yankee Stadium. But besides that, new like right now, stadiums is probably just the Coliseum. And the Coliseum's dead, so. How many perfect games? Yeah, I, I would have to look at we'd have to I'm gonna look at the I only list. have the last ten. I'm gonna look at the list of perfect games. But uh can I just this is the funniest comment I've ever seen. So MLB posted this, you see this last ten perfect games mm-hmm. with Herman there. Yep. My my the best comment, and he's the first one to get charged with domestic violence. Good job, Herman. <laughs> this is true. I mean, it's very true. He is not a nice human, and I've given my opinion on Herman before. He's. I still can't believe that he did it. Obviously, it's just. I don't know. Let's see, Yankee State Shea Stadium. Perfect game at Shea. Okay, Oakland, Catfish Hunter, May 8th, 1968. So at least three at the Coliseum. At least three at the Coliseum. Uh, I've only seen one Yankee, two Dodgers, two in Arlington, two at Yankee, three at Yankee, Turner Field. We're getting close. Okay, no. Four. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Sorry, still still three. Still three. Uh, it looks like it's the Coliseum with three. It looks like it's the Coliseum and Yankees with three. Dodger Stadium has two. I'm not surprised. I mean, well, when you have old ass stadium, like the Coliseum's old as shit, so they get the one from the '60s, right? So, in theory, I mean, like the A's aren't they're they're like they got approved right to move in '25. Yes, so they're moving in '25. So yes. they have one more season in Oakland. Pretty much. So they have one. That stadium has one more, or like a year and change to host one more perfect game. It would be pretty cool if we saw another one. But going back to your first question, I really don't. I like. I think it's very possible that our lifetime we do not see another one. I think that's kind of the cool part about it. Is I I like. I don't know. I think it it would make it so much less cool if there was a perfect game every year like it, it, yeah it, exactly it, it it's way more fun that and sometimes they come in bunt like 2012 we had three perfect games in 2012 that's that wild. is unheard of yeah that's wild and then we went 11 years without seeing another one so we could go another 15 years we could have one next week like that's could the have fun, one tonight that's the fun part about perfect game like like it's so just luck of the draw it's not it's very rarely the best pitcher in the league going out there and throwing a perfect game. Very it's usually, rarely. usually someone just random. Like Felix was very good, but he was closer to the end of his career, like a little bit past his prime. Nobody really saw that coming. And 
obviously nobody saw it coming from Herman. So that's why I think they're so fun because they come out of nowhere and literally anyone could get a perfect game. It could be your fifth pitcher, your first pitcher. It could be an opener. Who knows? Like it could happen to anyone. That was a lot of fun to watch. I, um, I watched the highlights the next day and he was just dominant, like purely dominant and uh, hats off to Domingo Herman, 24th pitcher and, or 24. Has someone thrown multiple perfect games? I don't think so. So the 24th person, maybe. Maybe it's less. Who knows? 24th or 23rd. Uh, so, yeah. So that's that's funny that now forever, he just he pretty much just off of one start made himself a Yankee legend. Pretty, well, maybe not a Yankee legend, but yeah, he's no, put no, himself no. into Yankees history. I would say, I would say if you're one of – if you're a grouping of 20 people who have ever done it, you're a legend on the team. I guess. But like you don't have to be you don't have to be an all-time great to be a legend. Like like David Freeze is a legend in St. Louis. Yeah, but he was not good. Yeah, he had one playoff. Right, right. Yeah. Um like I wouldn't I wouldn't cast Daniel Murphy as a legend in like Mets history, but like he got us to the World Series in 2015, so like he has like that legend. St- like he has like a, an aura around him. I know what you mean. It's like, it's like in ten year, ten years after his retirement, like the 20th anniversary or something, they'll bring him back to Yankees. No Stadium. one's gonna. No one. He, I'll On put it. I'll, I'll put it this way. No one's gonna like. No one is going to look at him for the rest of his life and say, "Oh, that was Domingo Herman. He was a very like." Below average pitcher, or average pitcher. He'd be like, oh, "That's say, Domingo who might throw a perfect, perfect game. game." Yeah, so he's now known as Domingo Herman, the guy who threw the perfect game. Exactly. So that that was my point behind that, and uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty cool. What else? What else? All star game. All star starters game is, are out. They are official. The starters for the all star team are official. Do you have them? I have home? them right here, actually. The American League, the infield is. All Rays and Rangers, like mm-hmm. we expected. And it's annoying, but I kind of get it. Like, all right, so let's just let's just go through the lineups. In the AL, at DH, Shohei Otani. That makes sense. He's probably going to start the game, right? I don't think he's going to pitch. I think he's only going to hit. Mm. I think McClanahan is going to start. Okay. Catching Jonah Heim. Mm-hmm. It should be Jonah Heim or yeah. Adley, but Heim's had the better year. It's That's fair. First base. Yandy Diaz. It was between Yandy and Vladdy. Yandy's Yandy, had a better year. Yandy just, has been has. yeah, he's been great. There's a, there's a lot of like in the All Star game. I feel like there's a, so much of having a it's guys who've had a great year versus big names. Yeah, and I feel like this year we saw a lot of guys having a good year take over, like Yandy Diaz over Vlad Guerrero. That's that's just because he's had a great year. Second base, Marcus Semien. He's been the best second baseman in baseball. That's fair. Josh Young at third. This is where you could have kind of gone anywhere. I mean, like, Josh Young's obviously had a great season, especially as a rookie. But there's a lot of good AL third basemen this year. I think if Rafi Devers had a 270 at least average, he'd probably be the starting first third baseman. But it is what it is, and it's Josh Young. And then Corey Seagrad Short, who's also had a fantastic year. And how we've talked about a lot this year the shortstop position is 
lackluster. It is just bad. It's, it's just a bad not a great, position. not a good year for the shortstop. No, and especially it's so it's so weird after we had that whole off season with the what five shortstops on the market. Yep, and it's just no one, no one who signed a deal, no one who stayed on a team, no one has been great. And Corey Seager is now the starter for the American League, and I think he deserves it. And then yeah, in the outfield you have a Rosarena, Trout, and Judge. Judge is not going to play. Judge is not playing. He's not going to play. He's not playing now. He's not going to be healthy in two weeks. So I don't know who's going to be the third outfielder yet. But it counts as an all-star game for it him. So does count as an all-star game. A Rosarena will play. Trout will play. Trout's in because his name is Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. And a have had a great year. I think he absolutely deserves it. Tampa's obviously one of the best teams in the league, and he is part of that. He is a big part of that, and he is one of the guys on the team who has outperformed what people thought he would be, and he's performing in the year like he does in the playoffs and like he did in the World Baseball Classic. That's what people have wanted to see since we were introduced to Randy Rosarena. But people have wanted to see what he does in the playoffs do in the regular season, and that's what he's doing right now. He absolutely deserves it. Yeah, absolutely. Let's look at the uh, the National League starters. DH, J.D. Martinez, Catcher Sean Murphy, first baseman Freddie Freeman, second baseman Luis Arias, who has just been an on-base in batting average machine, third base Nolan Arenado, shortstop Orlando Arcia. Then you go to the outfield, our guy Corbin Carroll, Ronald Acuna, and rounding out the lineup, Mookie Betts. It's uh, I'm not gonna lie. I like the National League team a lot more than I like the American League team. As do I? JD Martinez. I did not think this was going to be a good year. I thought we were going to start seeing a downtick in his numbers this year. That is not the case. He has been a he's great been offensive asset for the Dodgers. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, and it's it's kind of what I, I meant. I think I mentioned it in the off season. People go to the Dodgers, and their career just comes out like. If you're in the dumps, you go to the Dodgers and you're good again. J.D. Martinez, Jason Hayward this year. like These guys, they go to the Dodgers and the Dodgers organization and their coaching staff is so good that they bring guys back to their old ways. J.D. Martinez has more home runs this year than he had – has more home runs at the All-Star break this year than he had all of last year for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, the Dodgers, I feel like like there's a lot of a surrounding cast around the guys in the Dodgers, and there's probably a lot less individual pressure to perform. So I think they just feel a lot more confident playing as a team. There's no... There's not a sense of like one person has to always step up. It's always going to be the next guy up, and someone's going to pick you up if you fuck up. So I think the Dodgers, I think the Dodgers culture in general is very relaxed, and they know they're good, and they know that they're capable of winning, and that's what they do when they're all capable of winning, and they they know that they're good. Everyone performs. It's 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 just incredible how what they do to hitters there. It's. And that was an or that was a team like a decade ago when like Johnson started to get when like Magic started to get into the ownership group like they were like they were shit and in in such a short time they have turned it all around now that they're literally it's between them the Astros and the Rays you could make the argument that for developing talent like that they're the the gold standard right now in baseball for it. Absolutely. I, I think I feel like the, the over the past 10 15 years the Dodgers have been 
the organization that every organization looks at, and they're like, I want to be like that. That is a perfect Right, because they have, they have the deep pockets they, to spend. They have the perfect combination of everything. They have deep pockets. They develop incredibly. Their farm system is great. They have great guys in the general manager's office. They're good on the field. They're good off the field. They're just the perfect example of what an MLB organization should look like. Could not agree more. Especially if you want to be successful in this insanely hard league. Yeah, this league is, uh, I would say, competitive-wise, I think this is the most competitive year we've seen in a while. It's not as top-heavy as it's usually been. And the Dodgers, even though the league is competitive and and we see their division, you know, they don't have the division lead anymore, but they're still as dominant as they've been in years past. And this is not a, a team who is necessarily nervous that they're two games back of the Diamondbacks. I think they're very confident that they can eventually regain, regain the NL West and eventually make a, uh, make a pretty good dash for the Braves as that top team in the National League. So I would not be surprised to say, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't see, I know we talk a lot about the trade deadline here. I don't really think Atlanta is going to do a lot at the trade deadline. I think I think the team who is really going to go balls to the wall is the is the Dodgers. They always they always seem to, you know, come on come on at the the last minute and uh, swoop a big name off the market. Mm-hmm. I have a a name that I could throw out there right now who I think is going to be on the market. Is it your favorite name? Who's my favorite name? Shane Bieber, I feel like you said. No, You've been well, saying like, everyone's everyone's getting Shane Bieber. I have an interesting person that the Do- I think the Dodgers could potentially go after. Let's hear it. And it's going to sound crazy because it's an in division trade. Okay. I think the Dodgers and the Padres could be trade partners. For Musgrove, he's the only one not locked up. I think Musgrove. I think Musgrove Snell or. I think maybe even Juan Soto. Uh-oh. Now I think I think the Padres. Uh, listen, like if the if I'm the Padres and I don't have a hundred percent confidence that that you'll resign Soto, and the Dodgers, the Dodgers have shown in years past that they are willing to give up a lot of prospects. Mm-hmm. Why why would you not? If they came knocking, why would you not dish Soto out? It's very possible. If I'm the Padres, I understand that. If if I'm the Padres and someone's calling me about Soto, I am holding the phone very intently and I'm listening. Because, listen, the the guy has been very good this year. And and he started off very slow and he's come into his own. He still leads the league in walks. He leads the league, I think, in on-base percentage. or At least he's close. This is a generally generational talent that had a haul. He got a the Nationals got a haul for Juan Soto from the Padres. So if the Padres are willing to give him up, they're going to want a haul back. And the Dodgers are definitely a team that can do it with all the depth that they have in their farm system. I think it's very possible that they can go out there and make a huge splash like that. I would love for them to make a splash. That, that would be insane. Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Juan Soto on the same field. That would be incredible. Incredible. And, and I just think, like, the Dodgers, you really never know what they're going to do because they could go out there and make no moves. They could go out there and make a big move. I don't know if this is going to be an offseason where we see them make a huge move like Juan Soto because I really think we've seen 
the writing on the wall and that it feels like they're saving everything up for Shohei and they're, they're, they want to have all their assets ready and available and have all the money available to give to Shohei. But you never know. It's the Dodgers. They could absolutely trade for Soto and then still sign Shohei. Like they, they have that ability. They can absolutely do that. So we really don't know what's going to happen. But if there's a team that's going to do it, it would be the Dodgers. Yeah, 100%. The Dodgers would be the team to give up a lot of capital for a guy like Soto or some something else, you know, another free agent. I um I I think it's I think it could be a really interesting possibility if um if the the Padres decide that they want to try to make a run at Soto at the end of the year, do you think that takes them out of like keeping someone else on the roster? Like do you think like do you think they'd have to restructure that? Like do you think they could really realistically have Darvish's big contract, Tatis's big contract, Machado's big contract, um, Bogarts. Bogarts's big like, and then Soto. I don't think so. Like, so I think is... I think one of them has to go, and that's and that's like the unfortunate part about it is like Darvish is not he sucks this year. He's not good. Got like a four or five. So, and Bogarts and Machado haven't been great either. Like it's. But but you have Bogarts for a while, you have yeah. Machado for a while. Like you can get good pieces for Soto. I just don't know why you would want to hold on to him. I I, I know, would want if I was a Padres fan, I would want to get rid of him. I 100 percent agree with you because when you have all that money on your book, yes, we talk about the MLB money's fake, just throw money in it, but it's not fake. Like it's still real. It's very hard for a team to have so much so many top heavy contracts and then be good on the back half of their team. It's just, it, it just really can't be done. And that's kind of what they're showing this year is that with the top heavy contracts that they have, the back half of their lineup and the back half of their rotation and the back half of their bullpen, all suit all, they all struggle. Yeah. So I don't really think this is a team that we see go out and give one sort of an extension this off season. So if I'm San Diego or if I'm a San Diego fan, I'm hoping and praying that, Juan Soto's not on my team come next year because I think the possibilities are endless for what you can get for him. And even if you let him walk, you still have Bogarts, Tatis, Machado, and you still have Musgrove, Snell, and Darvish in your rotation. You still have a very solid team without Soto. They went balls to the wall last year and they traded for him. It didn't really work out. So they could really go anywhere. I think they should trade Soto, but We'll see what they actually do. Totally. What would you think about the uh, – going back to the All-Star game, what would you think about the jerseys they unveiled today? I kind of like them. I like them. I kind of like them. They give, I do. They, they give very Seattle-like. And they're I, very I like, Seattle. They're very yeah. Seattle. I do miss when they would wear their regular jerseys. No, I think they still do. I think they still do. I think this is just for the Home Run Derby. No, I don't think so, but You sure? Pretty positive. Because I, rem- I I can't remember like I have a, to be fair like I don't watch a lot of the All Star games, but like I remember them wearing their jerseys and just I'm different like hats. This close to one hundred percent positive. Okay, well I'll take your word for it. But I think they should wear their regular jerseys. I think it's more fun that way. And, I think they should wear their regular. But jerseys. but I'm a fan of these jerseys. I think they're I think they're sweet. Like they're very Seattle, but it's in Seattle, so that makes sense. 
I think I, I really like them. And I just think, I don't know, this All-Star game, it's going to be the same as all the other ones. ESPN's going to mic too many people up. I'm going to get pissed off because they're micing so many people It's up. just going to be interviews every half. And, oh, they're going to interview the catcher while he's catching. They're going to interview the hitter while he's hitting. Like, Leave the guys, let them play the fucking game. Yeah. I still miss when the All-Star game mattered, when it was home field advantage for the World Series. But I understand why they got rid of that. It was a kind of a stupid rule. But it was just nice that, like, it gave them something to care about. Like, they had to go out there and at least try because if your team was in contention, you wanted that home field advantage. 100%. 100%. So let's, let's, uh, let's talk about a little bit. Steve Cohen did a impromptu, impromptu? That's like a, that's a good impromptu. word to you. Yeah. Uh, press conference about the state of the Mets, state of the union for the New York Metropolitans. He essentially tweeted out on Tuesday night and said, I will be hosting a presser. You'll hear it straight from me. No notes, nothing, just microphone and kind of shoot. I got to give the guy a lot of props. He, uh, he, he shot it very straight. It, a lot of the answers were very diplomatic and as he had to be. As owner of the team, you can't go out there and just kind of burn all these bridges. But uh, he voiced the frustrations that a lot of fans are feeling. I think one thing that he acknowledged that I was glad he, he acknowledged was when he originally bought the team, he said like he would like to win but in somewhere three to five years. This is year three now. Obviously, this is not the year that we look that it doesn't appear as though we're going to make a deep playoff run this year. I think he's acknowledged that the fact that three to five years is just not a realistic time frame. I think the uh, the original plan of trying to build up the farm system and spending a lot in free agency, maybe not a lot. That's not the right way to phrase it, but trying to create an ensemble through free agency is just not the way to go about it anymore. You look at teams like the Atlanta Braves and the Tampa Bay Rays and the Dodgers. A lot of these guys are homegrown talent. So that's the way it needs to be these days. We need to develop guys into good Major League Baseball players and then go out there and spend the necessary money in places where it can benefit us that we're, we're lacking in terms of the farm system. Uh, but, yeah, he essentially said, like, we, we suck right now. Players are not playing to their potential, and it's frustrating all around. But I'm glad that, you know, the head of our team came out and, and voiced the frustrations and kind of put everyone's, you know – put everyone's uh, you know, worries and all of all of the, the doubts to rest with the, the fact that, you know, it will be turn, turned around at some point. It's just going to take a little bit of time. And Mets fans are very impatient. And I think a lot of fan groups are, our fan bases are, but especially Mets fans, considering we haven't had a lot go our way. Um, but this is just a scenario where we're going to have to ride it out, and it'll only make it that much better when we when we get back to where we were last year. This is true. I mean, it, it's always nice when you see your owner, your general manager, or someone who's who's a high-ranking person, not even high-ranking, just when you see your owner or your general manager get out there and be like, hey, we suck, yeah. but we're going to figure it out. We're going to get in the war room. We're going to figure out what this team needs. Obviously, people are under underperforming, but there's still roster construction that can be done. It's, it, it, you know, obviously teams are going to underperform, and it's going to happen. And there's stuff that you can do to help that. And there's stuff, and there's also 
stuff that the players can do to help themselves. And it's a, it's a mixture of both things that need to happen, not just for the Mets, but for a lot of teams. It's, it's, you can't just blame it on the players. You can't just blame it on the roster. It has to be a mixture of both. And Steve Cohen coming out and saying, hey, we're underperforming, but we're going to figure this out. We're going to get in that room. We're going to figure it out. And the guys on the field are going to figure it out as well. I like that confidence in his team. I like that confidence in his – oh, my God, I got to say, sorry. It went away. <laughs> it went away. Uh, I like that confidence in his team, in his general manager, in himself as an owner – to go out there and be straight with the fans and be straight with all the media and say, hey, don't worry. I know we suck, but don't worry. It's all going to get better, and he's going to figure it out. The plan is still there. We're still looking to win. Obviously, we're looking to win. And as a fan, that's what you want to hear. I think a lot of times there are some owners and general managers out there that forget about the fans, and the fans, that's how you get your your (laughs) – Okay. Sorry. Um, The fans, like, that's how you get your money. That's how you you get your business. You get it through fans, through ticket sales, through merch sales, through all that stuff. So I think having an owner that cares about the fans, that is a fan, that can understand how fans feel is really important. And that's why I think Steve Cohen is a great owner for the Mets. He's a great owner in baseball. He's good for baseball because – he brings a different perspective than just the business side of baseball, and it's refreshing. Yeah, totally. He's He is a fan, and uh, he feels the same exact way fans are. He just has, obviously, a little bit more skin in the game, having all of his money uh, you know, attached to the organization and the players that he – you know, took chances on, and it's a, it's, it's really, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's like, I've said it before, he's, I'm sure as, as mad or madder than anyone is any fan could possibly be, because at the end of the day, this is his product out on the field. But you know, I have confidence in, in the, in the leadership. He's, you know, he made it very clear that if you know we're not in a great position, which doesn't appear to be, uh, that that we will be in late July that we will be sellers. So I'm happy about that. And I'm happy to see what we, what we're doing moving forward. Yeah, me too. Because it's no question that the the moves need to be made for the Mets. It's no question that uh, play needs to improve. And I'm excited to see how Steve Cohen and, you know, surprisingly uh, he's been, behind Billy Epler this whole time and he supports Billy Epler and he thinks Billy Epler knows what he's doing when personally I thought that all the blame was going to go on to Billy Epler it ha- actually hasn't so I think it's the Mets are in a good spot right not in a good I'm not gonna say they're in a good spot but like between their owner and their general management I, I think they're in a good spot to be able to recover from this year and next year put out a good team that repeats last year's performance not this year's yeah totally I think I think uh, maybe even next year might be a little bit of a stretch because I don't really know what the team is going to look like. But uh, I give it a two to three years, and I think we'll be back. I think so, too. Is there anything you wanted to – anything specifically you wanted to get to next? Not really. I mean, I could talk about the Red Sox, but I feel like I'm just going to get pissed off, and it's Fourth of July weekend. I don't want to be pissed off this weekend. I'm not letting the Red Sox ruin my weekend this weekend. I'm not letting it happen. So don't do it. Don't do it. It's just not going to happen. So 
Do you want to just cut it? Do you want to just have a short episode tonight? Yeah, let's do a short one. Let's do picks. Let's let's do uh, let's uh, let's do some picks, Jake. Powered by Riverside. Picks for June 30th, almost July, almost the 4th of July. Almost. Almost, almost there. Uh, I can start us off. I am going to go, hmm, I, I, I'm, I'm between two picks, but I think, I think I'm going to stay with my gut here. I, this is tough. I, I'm going to go Yankees money line against the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. It's even odds, minus 110 for both parties. I think this is going to be a, I think it's going to be a very, very good uh, game. I think both teams are, you know, not really playing well right now. Obviously, Yankees are missing Judge. Cardinals, we know the, the narrative all season long. They've been struggling. Severino's on the mound for the Yankees. I have confidence in them, so I'm going Yankees. So I, I don't want to be that guy, okay? But I'm gonna be that guy. I'm taking the Cardinals, okay. and it's not because you took the Yankees. It's because I legit looked at the games and I was like, "Oh, Cardinals are totally gonna win this game." It's Matthew Lippertor against Luis Severino. I'm going against Dawes. I'm taking the Cardinals. I hate to be that guy. <laughs> That that game's tonight. Sevy pitches tonight. Yes, it's tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. Well, this episode won't air till. I guess we could just put it out as soon as we're. But, no, okay. Whatever. Anyway. Okay. Um, I was gonna. I was gonna take a game tomorrow. I still am gonna take the game tomorrow. Go ahead. I'm going Chicago White Sox. Dylan Cease is pitching. They've been playing hot, from what I know. I think Dylan Cease is good when I watch him. So we're going White Sox. Go, you know what, Jake? You do you. Gotta, I got to step away from Orioles overs a little bit. I have a feeling they're going to be cold for, for a little bit. I like it. I like it. All right, Sunday Night Baseball. Standings update. Do we have a standings update from for Sunday night? I think we're – Me and Jake are tied for first. Dodds are one game behind us. Okay. All right, so uh, a lot could happen. A lot can happen. Giants at Mets. I think everyone knows where my pick is going to be. Fortunately, David Petersuck is on the mound, so uh, the Mets. This could be a dicey game, but I got to roll with the hometown squad. I, I I think that's fair. I think it's very fair. The Giants have not picked a starter yet, which kind of scares me. You know what, screw it. I'm going to take the Mets. I'm going to take yeah, the Mets. I, I'm feeling it. You know, it's the, the the no starter named right now is is killing me. I don't like it, so I'm going to take the Mets. I guess it's a sweep because I am going to take the Mets as well. Let's go. Um, they're hot. Ever since they showed Frank <laughs> on TV, they're hot. Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely hot. It's a really bad team. Oh, roulette, roulette. Oh, roulette. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Sorry, I forgot about roulette. Me too. Sometimes I forget about it. 
So, Jake, how are you? Good. Just That's good. In here. Uh, I want to check in on Sung JM. Roulette. He is tied for 39. Two under par today. There's, it's not top 10. What's the – no, I, I picked him top 20. Oh, top 20. Thank okay. you very much. Sorry, 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 Dad. Um, okay, where, numbers. What is, what's, the, what's the cut? 22. Uh, 17. No, actually, 14. Okay, I'm going to take 17. Uh, Where's the cut line? I have to wait for next game. Why is it stuck? There we go. Oh, cut line's minus four. Okay. 22, 17, 14. Here we go, boys. Ten seconds. Daz, what if we hit it live? Because we're together. I know. I hit it last time. I can't believe you hit it last time. No, we're, I mean, we're two in a row. We're due. We haven't had two in a row ever. Me and Jake are, as they say, due. And we're spinning. Bets are closed. I like how you... Bets are, betting is closed. Here we go. Come on, 17. Please make Daz screw up for changing his pick. Oh my god! Oh my god! It danced on seven. It literally danced on seventeen. Thirty-four. It, but it did dance on seventeen. You know what I miss about being in a casino what? is when you push on a hand of blackjack, they just go. <laughs> or, or you know what I miss? I miss, I miss when the when the when the dealer uh, when the dealer's is uh, showing an ace. He's insurance, and no one does it. And then he just looks over. He goes, "Sorry, guys. I just, <laughs> sorry, guys." <laughs> Sometimes dealers are either super assholes or like sorry, so sorry. And they what they always do? They always take the one card and flip the other one. Fuck you, dude! Just flip it, dude. You don't need to make it all fancy. Just flip it and it's take the one. It looks cooler. Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, push there on that one. All right, well that's our show for uh, Friday, June thirtieth. Uh, happy Fourth of July! Actually, we'll have an episode before the fourth. So. Not happy 4th of July. Stay inside. Uh, avoid Canada's fuck up with the fire. And we'll see you on Monday or Tuesday, whatever day we release this. Bye.